Here we go. Sorry. I'm high. You are tuned in to the State of Cannabis News Hour, where industry leaders, regulators, and lovers of cannabis gather collectively to move policy forward in an inclusive and sustainable way. Professionals and Canacurious alike can tune in to hear leading cannabis experts share and discuss headlines, critical industry issues, social topics, and more. The State of Cannabis News Hour, your daily dose. Hi, and welcome to the State of Cannabis News Hour, where we bring you all the top stories you need to know and talk about them for four minutes and 20 seconds. Our news is bite-sized and infused with a nice mix of facts, opinions, and a pinch of humor. It's Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. This is episode number 208. I'm Susan Sores, the founder of the State of Cannabis News Hour, author of the children's book, What's Growing in Grandma's Garden, and Cannabis's Favorite Grandma, aka Nanogram. If you're listening to the podcast or watching on the YouTube channel, the show is live every weekday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Clubhouse. Join us and over 25,000 State of Cannabis News Hour members if you'd like to be an audience participant. A participant. Otherwise, please subscribe to support our show. Today, we're talking about Mississippi legalizes and becomes the 37th medical cannabis state. Yes. Snoop Dogg has a new neighbor in the metaverse. UC San Diego will study cannabis for the NFL. A Virginia senator's cannabis shop is illegal. Ron DeSantos is not that into the smell of cannabis, what not to do on social media, and many other frosty nuggets. So stay tuned for the full 60 minutes of the State of Cannabis News Hour. The following program contains coarse language and nudity. Viewer discretion is advised. Audience, feel free to raise your hands if you want to weigh in on a headline after it's been read, and we'll try to bring you up to the stage. Keep it brief and relevant, or you might get the gong. Kicking off the show today is silky, smooth-voiced Lara DeCaro. She's a staunch defender of LGBTQ rights. Able to mediate and practice law in three states, Lara is a valuable voice for the State of Cannabis News Hour and is lending her skills as a valued co-producer. What you got today, Silky Smooth? Oh, I love your intro of me, Susan. Uh, today, I have um, an article coming out of Kenya, actually. Amos Roby for Pulse Life Kenya published an article entitled Professor Wajakoya Sees an Opportunity for Kenya in Marijuana Farming. It starts out, Professor George Wajakoya, one of Kenya's respected law scholars, has promised to legalize weed, parenthetical marijuana, <laughs> if elected president. The law professor, who also represents clients in court, is seeking the top office through the little-known Roots Party. Um, speaking to West TV, which I tried to watch, but I, I don't, I don't speak his language. Um, he said he would allow cultivation of the plant for research purposes and by licensed experts. Um, the professor is a man who has beaten all odds to find a purpose in life. 
He was born into abject poverty. He's super interesting. And there's all this really interesting information about him on, um, on YouTube. I really hope that he does something with this political career. But anyway, he was born into abject poverty. He was homeless for a time. Um, he was taken in uh, by others and pushed to go to school by some really influential people in Kenya, including former minister Kamalto. Um, and um, he actually taught in the CSU system here in Northern California. So I, I think he's a really fascinating guy. At one point, he was actually also a grave digger. Um, <laughs> so anyway, he goes on to say, quote, I have never smoked marijuana, but my son does. And he's a footballer. I cannot throw away my son because he smokes bang and someone else drank chunga. <laughs> let us face reality. If it is something that can lift the economy, let us utilize it. So his platform is essentially getting attention because he wants to permit the um, cultivation and exportation of cannabis in Kenya. And I thought this was fascinating to see something from the other side of the globe get us out of California for a moment. My name is Laura DeCarlo, reporting for the State of Cannabis News Hour. Any thoughts? I think it's great news. Yeah, I, I mean, economically, it can really lift up uh, the people of Kenya, you know, if if they can focus on this as uh, an export. But he, he does aim to export to the U.S. To I don't, yeah, I don't know how successful that'll be but you know you can buy it in some specialty shop would you would you carry it on your on your shelves jason it's probably outdoor well I, i'm willing to bet that by the time we have that that the um importation uh testing requirements are going to be so strict as to the practices of how cannabis has to be cultivated and and taken care of that nothing from out of the country will be able to be exported into the u.s yeah but i bet like importing like Tariffs would be fucking terrible. Tariffs are always terrible. That's why they're tariffs. The tariffable. Exactly. Picking that what you're putting down. I wish we could get the show translated. I wonder when Clubhouse is going to do that. Uh, be nice to. Uh, we are getting some international listeners, but um, we need more because we're here to help. Uh, let's keep moving. Up next, we've got Rico Lamite. He likes to ask the tough questions that the mainstream media refuses to ask. The self-proclaimed dopest dad alive is here to encourage other dope dads. Find him on TEDx or at one of his Cannavision events, but always find him here every weekday as co-producer of the State of Cannabis News Hour. What's your headline today, Rico? All right, so mine's uh, coming out of NFT evening. Cannabis... Creezo Pharma buys the sandbox plot next to Snoop Dogg. Apologize, baby sick behind me. So if you guys hear some screaming, y'all know what's going on. In a globalist capitalist society where nothing really matters besides money and real estate, the metaverse offers a refreshing alternative with opportunities for everyday humans to escape realities, uh, shortcomings, and buck that trend. That's right. Normal people like you and I can slap on our Oculus gear, create whatever avatar we want, tune out of Earth's dystopic reality, log into the digital new-new, and within minutes realize ain't shit different. According to the NFT Evening this month, uh, international operator Crezo Pharma has officially tapped into NFTs via the sandbox and has purchased a high-priced virtual plot of land right next to hip-hop and cannabis industry legend Snoop Dogg. If you're like me, you're probably wondering what the fuck is a Crezo Pharma? How the fuck are they going to start gentrifying metaverse land during Black History Month before black folks even arrive? Houseway! 
Well, according to his website, Creezo is a decent-sized global industry player in real life. Operations for medical and adult use cultivation and processing in Canada, all outdoor cultivation in Colombia, nutraceuticals in Switzerland, and has administrative assets in Australia. They're publicly traded on the ASX and have Canadian cannabis god, cannabis growth founder and architect of corporate weed himself, Bruce Linton, listed as strategic advisor. I see you, Bruce. Apparently, Snoop invited Creezo to become uh, his virtual neighbor in a tweet. And Creezo understood the assignment and is now building a digital replica of his 24,000-square-foot medical cultivation center, Mernova, in the sandbox, where virtual users will be able to access their products and hang out. Despite what digital farming haters like our very own Liz Rogan think, avatars will even have access to facility and explore the cultivation process of cannabis plants from scratch, bringing innovative experiences and other digital goods to its consumers. Creezo Pharma joins a growing list of successful IRL companies in the sandbox, including Nike and Adidas, with the latter even purchasing 144 parcel space. I have no idea what that even means or why this article used square feet in a measurement earlier and switched back into parcels, but, you know, the metaverse is a very real place where corporate giants, celebrities, and you can bring big things, you can be big things, and never have to leave the comfort of your own shitty home. The article never explains how virtual patrons will sell or consume digital weed, but I assume they are using digital scales. The announcement comes on the heels of the sandbox raising over $93 million in a Series B round led by Japanese company SoftBank, who through a quick Google search, you'll find that they have a CVS receipt long list of startup scandals that they've also been involved in. So yeah, everything's fine. It'll be over soon. There's Rico Lamit, the dopest dad in virtual and real worlds, just trying to find a way to profit off this shit and exit. Back to you, Susan. Real talk. What the fuck, dude? What <laughs> the actual fuck? That was Jason doing Mario. Nicholas, what what were you saying? I was saying I told Rico to get at me about trying to get this crypto cash. <laughs> I mean, he said something that I want to respond to about black people getting into crypto and the metaverse and all of this other stuff. I'm going all in on crypto this year, and I invite every other black person listening out there to do the same damn thing, including Rico. Uh, as far as Sandbox, if you want to buy a plot of land in the Sandbox game, it starts at $10,000. So, you know, they're capping out people quick. Let's do this. Is there a nonprofit rate? <laughs> no. How big, Nicholas, how big is a plot of land for $10,000? A little tiny-ass square. So would that be but considered they, like a like a like a gigabyte or like just a uh, um, you know like an Atari uh, square? Exactly. It's whatever you want it to be, Jay. And, and it's nothing until the power grid goes down, and then nobody has any land. And I have a bridge I'm going to sell you to, you know, because it's like. Hold on, Ma- Maggie. Did, did we forget about solar flares too? Oh, solar flares! That would knock everything out. But that would that mean you stay in the metaverse? It's like we're living an episode of Black it? Mirror. It's an I mean, would you just you stuck in the metaverse? Like what you're, happens to you like in real life? I mean, do you guys you start paying taxes away, again? Like, Rico? <laughs> Here's the thing. This, you're already stuck in the 3D this only, metaverse. This only has value because we agree that it has value, you know? It's is this is actually not any real value if that everything went down. You can't eat this. I think you're looking you know? at it all yeah. wrong, Liz. Really? How should she look at it, Rico? I, I'm with Liz. It's not a tangible asset. 
Yeah, I'm with Liz. Theoretically, it is. No, Liz is. Is there any website a tangible upset? What is? Yeah, if you own the domain. I mean, name, you, you, you can't get high in the metaverse. Okay? Why can't you? They haven't figured out sex and and impairment. Oh, oh, hold on, well, hold on. I, I saw I saw a news story yesterday where a woman claims that she was raped in the metaverse and yeah. talked all about it. Okay, so I don't know. A trigger warning. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. Okay, maybe we should move on. Uh, up next. This is a meta conversation. It went meta downhill. Um, up next, we have the amazing um, Liz Rogan. She is our very own pinup girl whose sexy mind is packed with facts about cannabis. She's a biodynamic bio- biologist, botanist, and a cannabis health liaison. Liz, what have you got for us? Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Laura. Today, my story comes from San Diego's ABC News number 10. So the headline reads, UCSD chosen by NFL for pain management and cannabis study. In June of 2021, the NFL sent out a research request for proposals on cannabis and CBD for pain management. The University of California at San Diego is one of two medical research teams that beat out over 100 applicants to win half of the $1 million the NFL allocated to support this research. The other winner is University of Regina in Canada. The University of Regina in Canada is focusing on naturally produced cannabis for pain management and CTE. And UCSD's study will focus on the effects of cannabinoids on pain and recovery from sports-related injury in elite athletes only. (laughs) Dr. Mark Wallace, who's the co-principal investigator and director of the Center for Pain Management, at UCSD Health says this study looks at acute pain and recovery instead of chronic pain because evidence in preclinical studies has shown that cannabinoids reduce pain and inflammation. So it may likely also be used to speed recovery. This clinical trial is with, you, with local rugby players because they have similar injuries to NFL players. The trial will test 4% THC and 12% CBD, a combination of the two, and a placebo because there are doses that have been studied at the Center for Medical Cannabis Research for over the last 20 years. So when a player gets hurt and meets the criteria for a certain pain level, they'll take one of the four doses uh, for 48 hours. They'll draw the player's blood and use an app to follow the outcome, including pain level, function, and side effects. They're hypothesizing that the 4% THC and THC combined with CBD will be more effective than CBD alone. Also, the 12% CBD dosage won't be different from the placebo. These are their hypotheses. Wallace hopes this will be a launching pad for larger studies and change policies to provide safer options compared to opioids for athletes. Both studies will take three years to conduct. I wish all of this money could stay in the United States. This kind of highlights the problems that we have uh, because there's lots of researchers here who could use this money, like Sue Sisley in Arizona, who've been doing research. And doing research on whole plants is very limiting. I personally would like to see more details on what form the cannabinoids are being used and why exactly these percentages were chosen. Like, why is there not a one-to-one dosage um, or a higher THC-only dosage? But I do think this is progress. 
Um, I figure it's probably most likely because of public pressure, because of opioid use. And I wonder if it's because money is uh, being lost when players are out from pain and injuries. So I'd love to hear what you guys think. This is Liz Rogan reporting for the State of Cannabis News Hour. Thanks for reporting on that, Liz. I, uh, I think it's great that the NFL is putting up some resources for this, but I also feel like they're not putting up enough resources. A million dollars is like two times the player minimum. And you're right that this could really impact player health and availability. And I'd love to see them throw more money at it. In Detroit, he's white Gucci. In Miami, Gucci Blanco. In the industry, he's the longest continuously running retailer. Up next, the State of Cannabis NewsHour's very own Kaiser Brose, Jason Beck. What you got for us, my man? Oh, good morning, Rico. Thank you so much. Today, my headline comes out of Mississippi. That's right. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-S-I-P-P-I becomes the 37th state to legalize medical cannabis. Republican Governor Tate Reeves signed the legislation Wednesday, and it became law immediately. It could be months before the first marijuana dispensaries even open, though. There is no doubt that there are individuals in our state who could do significantly better if they had access to medically prescribed doses of cannabis, Reeves wrote in a statement posted on Twitter. There are, all, there are also those who really want a recreational market program that could lead to more people smoking and less people working with all the societal and family ills that that brings. Interesting quote, I think. For all the people who, who are touched in some way by a loved one, uh, or by someone they who 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 they who benefits from medical cannabis, this brings their quality of life back," said Ken Newberger, executive director of Mississippi Medical Marijuana Association, a group that pushed for this legalization. The state house and senate, both controlled by Republicans, passed the final version of Senate Bill 2095 last week. The new law will allow patients to buy up to three and a half grams of cannabis per day. Uh, up to six days a week. That is about three ounces per month. It's, it sets taxes on production and sale of cannabis, and it specifies that plants must be grown indoors under controlled conditions. So that means there's going to be a lot less boof in Mississippi. The new law prohibits the state from providing economic development incentives for the cannabis industry. The state often provides tax breaks and financial assistance for roads and water access uh, to industrial sites. And the law gives cities and counties 90 days to opt out of allowing medical cannabis facilities for growing or selling, but people in those communities could petition for an election to overrule local officials' decisions and allow them. Well, good job, Mississippi. Although it's not exactly what everybody wanted, but it is something and it is a great start. Uh, Governor Tate Reeves, I think you really need to uh, readjust your thought of uh, that one-eighth equals 11 joints because I think that is a, definitely a misnomer. And I think anyone that understands cannabis, even just with a, just the fact that even understands anything about cannabis, even the fact that it's green, would understand that. And this is Jason Beck reporting for the State of Cannabis News Hour. Welcome, Mississippi. Big shout Road out to everybody trip. down there. Let's go get on the boat. I can't wait for riverboat, riverboat casinos with cannabis. Yo, Mississippi Delta 8. Huh. It, it became uh, effective uh, overnight, right? Immediately effective, correct? Yes, that is correct, Susan. It is. So now, as of today, there is medical cannabis in Mississippi. 
Yay, Mississippi. So it's safe to say Mississippi will be burning in a different way. Oh, that's a good one, Nicholas. Thank you. I learned from you, Jason. I see what you did there, brother. I see That you. was see. fucking good, bro. Jason, you need to go down there and show Reeves how to roll a proper joint, though. That, I, maybe he's still stuck on pinners or something. I, I, I'm need- totally with you on that, Eric. I actually was down there just a, a number of weeks ago looking at some possible grow facilities uh, that could definitely be utilized out there. And so um, I'm definitely into this market. We need to do an event there. We only do events on uh, riverboats, Susan. They call them jerks down there, smoking jerks. Ah! All right, let's keep smoking the news. Okay. Um, Up next, this girl boss has so many awards, we can't even name them all here. But you can count a golden bong and a top woman in cannabis making history among them. On top of being an amazing mom and the CEO of the original Breeders League, she's a valuable correspondent and producer on this show. Uh, Priscilla Agansil, what do you have for us today? Thank you so much, Laura. So my story is reggae punk legend Sublime announced new California cannabis brand. The legacy of reggae punk sensation Sublime announced on Thursday that it has entered an exclusive partnership to market cannabis products in California later this year. Sublime was formed in Long Beach by Bradley Noel Gaw and Eric Wilson. So they, they were known for their self-produced um, debut album, 40 Ounces to Freedom, that was released on the Skunk Records label back in 92. Sublime Cannabis are still, their products are still under development. Um, their plans for the brand include a full line featuring a wide array of products with an emphasis on the medicinal and potential healing properties of the plant. Doesn't really say much, but, you know, that's the same uh, uh, language that all of the celebrity brands kind of use with their press releases. It's a given that Subline would have its own cannabis line, but we waited until we found the perfect partner with The Healing Plan. It's a company out of Costa Mesa. Uh, Troy Dendecker, Bradley Noel's widow, said, um, our line will consist of not only what is wanted, but what is needed to help heal. The Subline Cannabis brand will launch at select dispensaries in the band's legacy SoCal hometown, Long Beach, uh, in Los Angeles, Orange County, San Diego, and in the IE, with the healing plant handling distribution. After the company will identify a licensed distribution partner, it will plan to distribute their products in the Bay Area, Sacramento, and other areas up north. So, uh... Sublime has its own weed now. I mean, what more needs to be said than uh, other than light them up and it's time to smoke two joints? Uh, the Sublime drummer Bud Goss said, I am personally a fan of Sublime, always have been. I'm excited to try what their interpretation of good cannabis is. Hopefully it lives up to some of their legendary music and doesn't end up being another Booth Celeb bandwagon band. This is Priscilla with the highest hopes for them reporting for the SSC News Hour. This is our new sound effect for launching celebrity brands. (laughs) Wait for it. Isn't that for you sunk my battleship? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I just want to wish Rob Taft and uh, everyone over at the Healing Pad tell them congratulations on this and uh, can't wait to see what they actually produce with it. Does the consumer really care? I think the consumer cares if you look at the metrics on celebrity brands and you you adequate how many fans they actually have and you algamate a, a proportion of their fans of how many of those fans would actually purchase uh, purchase that product. I think there definitely is money in celebrity brands. 
think you can really find out if they actually care at justsaycare.org. That is correct. Now, we had a panel on this one time, and uh, the the consensus was that unless they could uh, produce fire products um, and on a consistent basis, that it could actually hurt their their ticket sales and, and their brand as an artist. So um, I think it's risky. It hasn't hurt Drake at all. And he got dropped. I agree, Susan. I think it's like the one-time buy. It's like if they can keep their keep them. That's the thing. Like the Jerry Garcia strain and other things. It looks really cool, but can you afford to keep buying that? Is it worth it? And I think there needs to be more of a story too. Not like Mike Tyson's uh, just decided this is good or whatever. You know, it's like, do you have any skin in the game? Are you have you even been to the farm? Uh, you know, did you work with the geneticist to to develop the strain, et cetera? This uh, this brand um, with Sublime, they say that they're working with a geneticist, and that's why their products are still under development. So they're trying to go a more proprietary route and be very heavily involved. Um, it's a process that started a while ago, according to the article. Priscilla, did they say, I, it may have dropped, but did they say who they're partnering with as far as just the cultivator? The healing plant. That's it. That's in Costa Mesa. That's Rob Taft and uh, 420 Central and all those guys over there. Do you have to be a fan of ska? You gotta be a fan of skunk. I think we'll have I'm a to fan. Look. It'll be interesting to see if we see more NFTs in this area. And then I see a lot of cannabis brands moving with with musicians because it's like they can get more out there. We know the limits on advertising with cannabis. Jason, can you get us to the launch party? Yeah, that's without a doubt. That's easy. That's, that's, that's. All right, let's that's uh, easy, easy peasy. Let's cover it. Let's keep smoking the news. All right, so. Up next, she's the first black female cannabis sommelier, author of Metaphys- the Metaphysical Cannabis Oracle Deck, debuting in the Hash Museum in Amsterdam and Spain this summer. Cannabis and wellness coordinator for live music festivals and the CMO at Fruit Slabs, and a featured artist creating music and cannabis joints at Emerald Cup 2018, top three podcast, Metaphysical as fuck, 13 consecutive weeks in the top, ten- top 100. Maggie Wilson. Thanks for that long extended (laughs) intro, Rico. Good morning, everyone. Uh, My story today comes from The Growth Op by Angela Stelmakowicz, armed woman who posted snaps smoking weed on social media, convicted. Woman also ran her vehicle into a snowbank with police reporting there was a clear cannabis smell coming from the car. It took less than two hours for an Iowa jury to find a 23-year-old woman guilty of possessing firearms while being a cannabis user. What may have accounted for the rapid decision was the physical evidence, including the pictures the woman posted on social media showing her holding a blunt and speaking about using cannabis during a recorded phone call. Regarding the guns, at trial, evidence was presented that the woman purchased two 9mm pistols from two different stores in the state. The firearms remained in her possession until they were seized by authorities in July 2021. The woman faces a possible maximum sentence of 10 years in prison and a $317,000 fine with three years of supervised release after her imprisonment. The enforcement official stated they had encountered the woman in February 2021 after she drove her car into a snowbank. During this encounter, officers said they smelled the odor of marijuana coming from the vehicle and, quote, eventually located marijuana throughout the vehicle. 
A search of her apartment later in that year revealed marijuana and other drug paraphernalia. In Iowa, possession of any amount of cannabis is classified as a misdemeanor, and first offenders will face up to six months in jail and a fine of up to $1,270 or both. A second offense results in a year of jail and a higher fine. So posting snaps of federally regulated substances is clearly not a good idea. Three UK teens learned this hard lesson last fall after posting photos of machetes and guns, and this leading the West Midlands, yes, Jason, you heard that right, the Midlands police, to an illegal grow of 100 plants in North Birmingham. <laughs> a Utah man was arrested for past alleged crimes after posting on Snapchat in the summer of 2020 for suspected drug dealing. And the woman from North Carolina, who announced her plans to prepare a joint and smoke it on Facebook Live, ended up getting arrested before she even did it, just for her intent and announcement. Oh, so where do we begin? First, I personally think it's ridiculous to not be allowed to have access to some of your constitutional rights just because you're a cannabis user. The Founding Fathers loved their weed and guns. Our ancestors paid their taxes in hemp. <clears throat> It's not like we're getting high and dueling in New Jersey anymore. Let's stop taking away access from cannabis users who have a right to have a better quality of life in this country. And how do I say this? Stop posting every damn thing on social media, especially when you're in a federally, or in this state, or in this case, a state-based illegal activity, especially when you're an adult. Like, just don't do it, point blank, period. It's dumb, it's just dumb. It's not cool, it's not clout, it's just dumb. The physical evidence is what nailed the coffin shut in this case, but it also sounds like they may have been watching her from that first encounter where she ran into the snowbank. Why did they search her apartment in July when the accident happened in February? Interested to hear the comments on this, and I'm Maggie Wilson reporting from Long Beach for the State of Cannabis News Hour. I just I'm can't totally get over how everybody snitches on themselves this generation, man. They just put everything all out there. Nothing is gone forever. <laughs> Nothing's really deleted off the internet. So you stop. can't even <laughs> delete your Facebook account if you wanted to. I'm totally with you, Maggie. People need to stop snitching and especially stop snitching on themselves. And as to your question as to why they may raid in June or July when the when the arrest was originally in December, um, one reason that I can think of that law enforcement would commonly do is they would arrest someone and then release them and not press charges, file charges later on with intent on them having a warrant um, with them being unknowing and then get caught up on that warrant and catch additional charges. So then therefore they could go to the judge and prove to the judge that this person has not changed in their ways whatsoever and just wants to continue being a criminal. I got a letter from the city of Long Beach attorney's office three months after my event one time, and it was because some of my sponsors had posted some photos of cannabis plants um, uh, sitting around there, and they were charging me $30,000, a $30,000 fine, and the venue a $30,000 fine uh, for cultivation, illegal cultivation. Um, I had to lawyer up and go in and talk to them, and we got them to uh, realize that they were not interpreting the law correctly. Uh, but, yeah, don't do it. Chemo, did you want to? We've got chemo up from the audience. 
Yeah, I was just going to say this has uh, fucking deschedule or bust written all over it. You know, you can go to Vegas and pop bottles of champagne all over each other and, or buy a Glock and a bottle of hard liquor uh, in a drive-thru in some states. So this just shows how much more work we got to do. And I'm done. You are tuned in to the State of Cannabis News Hour, your daily dose. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the State of Cannabis News Hour are those of the individual speakers, not those of any other speakers, State of Cannabis, or its members. The statements made in the State of Cannabis News Hour do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and State of Cannabis and its speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory, or any other authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationships. The sponsorship of the State of Cannabis News Hour do not imply or constitute any endorsement by the State of Cannabis or the expressions of any of the opinions whatsoever on the part of the State of Cannabis or any of its speakers. Viewer discretion advised. Let's keep smoking the news. Uh, okay, sorry. Up next, we have Manika Mahajan. She is our very own pot smoking PhD. She's also the founder of Mahajan Consulting, providing policy and regulatory guidance for the cannabis industry and our policymakers. Manika, what have you got for us? Thank you, Lara. Good morning, team. I am coming to you with news from my childhood stomping ground, Santa Rosa, California, where North Bay Credit Union is rewarding cannabis account holders and others with a special dividend. Following a year of record earnings and growth due in part to its work serving the cannabis industry, the North Bay Credit Union will be giving a quarter million dollars in special dividends uh, this month to customers, including cannabis operators who were eligible as of eligible members as of the turn of this year. So North Bay Credit Union CEO Chris Call gave some special love to the cannabis industry, saying, we know firsthand the headwinds the cannabis industry has faced over the last couple of years, and we're happy to be able to share this dividend. We're proud to be the leader in cannabis banking, and this dividend underscores our focus on providing the industry and all of our members real value that only a non not-for-profit cooperative can. So I wanted to just bring this because it's some, some love for, uh, for the account holders, and this is one of the the banking institutions that has really openly welcomed cannabis uh, customers into its family. So this is my feel-good story for today, and this is Menika Mahajan reporting for the State of Cannabis News Hour. Pass safe banking. I just need to make that a sound bite Crickets. already. Fuck <laughs> yeah. safe banking. <laughs> haters going to hate. That's what haters do. Hi, I just wanted to say in the Safe Banking Act, clearly we already have safe banking, so... What's uh, the act going to do except open the floodgates for uh, corporate stampede? That's total fake news, Anna. We do not have safe banking. We have a couple of banks that will bank with us, but we do not have overall safe banking whatsoever. Yeah, we have banks who will deal with us. When has banking ever been safe, Jason? When I bank, it's always safe, Rico. You are fake news. No, I'm not. That, that I am definitely not. I am the truest news you've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's keep it rolling here. All right, this next... That's great. <laughs> this fifth-generation fifth Californio is award-winning journalist with a multicultural background. He's a writer, brand consultant, event promoter, content ninja, and we know him here as the freedom-fighting farmer's friend. Up next, international man of truth-telling, Eric Piss Lareda. What you got, my man? What you got? Damn, Damn Rico, you know how to do that. All right. 
You know how to do that. Um, anyway, thank you for that intro, and great to be here today. My headline is from Business Insider, and it's Ron DeSantis hints at decriminalizing cannabis in Florida, but opposes its recreational use due to, quote, its putrid stench. So this is a fun one. Um, despite suggesting he's in favor of decriminalization, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis cited the putrid scent of cannabis as a reason he may remain opposed to fully legalizing its use in the state, Politico reported. I think a lot of those other areas that have done it, you know, have ended up regretting it, DeSantis said Wednesday during a press conference in Tallahassee. I could not believe the pungent odor that you would see in some of these places, and I don't want to see that here. I want people to be able to breathe freely. Uh, Democratic Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, who has publicly acknowledged her use of medical cannabis, is running to unseat DeSantis in 2022 and has incorporated cannabis legalization into her platform. Florida voters passed a constitutional amendment in 2016 that legalized the drug's medicinal use. This is so idiotic, Freed said. He's supporting a ban on a plant because he doesn't like the smell. What the hell is he talking about? Legalizing cannabis and expunging records of those charged with related crimes is about freedom and justice. Sounds like dictator Karen wasn't having much fun at Yale and Harvard, so now he's taking it out on the rest of us. As DeSantis gears up for the gubernatorial race, Democrats have filed at least 10 cannabis-related bills for the 2022 legislative session, Florida Politics reported. Um, I'm just going to hashtag this as more reefer magnus served up fresh from Governor Florida Man. Here's a guy who considers condemning Nazis a political trap, sidelines healthcare pros trying to do their jobs, is the wingnut behind the Stop Woke Act designed to protect, protect Chad's feelings about the rough edges of American history, but for God's sake, keep the weed stench out of my state. Weed people in Florida, you have my sympathies. And that's what I've got for today. I'm Eric for the State of Cannabis News Hour. Gracias for having me up. Oh, Eric, oh, is this is this stinky. is this a is this a real quote? And and what news source quote? This is, is this? from Business Insider from Politico. So I could send I could post the link from Politico. Politico has a real good rundown of Florida politics in general, so it's in there. So yeah, it's real. I che- I'm a journalist. I check my sources. I, I just wanted I just wanted to make sure, and and, and I, I, I as well trust hundred percent. I totally trust Politico, but I will say this is that I think a lot of this is just political posturing, and um, Nikki Free doesn't have a chance at winning that governor's race. I don't know. What's, what's posturing about it? Why posture? Because, Why posture because the Democrats have, have introduced, you just said that you, the Democrats have introduced 10 different bills, and Nikki Freed is currently the agriculture commissioner, so I think a lot of this is political posturing. As opposed to what's really, but so uh, why doesn't really why doesn't why doesn't DeSantis just support it? Why is he why why the kabuki? Because be, because know? it's not it's it's not within the timeline. You you don't you don't do that until after the primaries. You don't come out strong. Why shouldn't he come out now? Because that's not how politics works, and you have to understand I, kabuki theater. Uh, what are you telling about politics works? You you do something, you stand. If you stand up for something, say it. If he believes it, if you want it, like you support it, why isn't he supporting it? It's good. It's good for his economy. It's people need it. Stand up for it. What That's would politics. happen? What would happen if cocaine was stinky? Oh shit! The Republicans cocaine are is stinky. That it is stinky. stinky. <laughs> it is stinky. It's bloody too. And it's, with family in Columbia, I can tell you, it's bloody. 
it's not when there's uh, pineapple turps in it. It's so unfortunate because this plant provides all this medication and medicine for people with these terpenes, yet it's constantly villainized yet again and again. They don't even. And that's and that's reefer magnus. Why doesn't he? You know, if you want it, if you want the money in your state, if you want the programs, if you want the business, step up. Let's do it. it He's already he already has all the money in his state. Florida licenses are doing better than any other license in the entire country. It's a it's a it's a effed up system. You know what? There's what like two. It's it's all locked totally vertical, so nobody else can get in it's it's like a weed cartels mafia. it's government yeah. cartels and uh priscilla it's actually called did... the oligopoly you guys as it actual is. definition Pris- it's a weed mafia priscilla just did you just uh recommend adding like pineapple terps to cocaine let's not go there don't drag the terps into this no 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 but I do have a I do have a, a state of cannabis news hour exclusive clip from Ron DeSantos. Uh oh stinky stanky all right, all right. On that note, are we done? Never done. <laughs> what is done? I love this story, Eric. I think it's fantastic, super important. I mean, hell, I hate the smell of cilantro, and so I'm, I'm on board with this governor's philosophy. <clears throat> anyway, I get to intro the governor. So I'm going to roll with that right now. Uh, Nicholas Wildstar is uh, not devoted to any political party over the policies on his platform, including environmental policy and ending homelessness. Uh, Governor, what have you got for us today? Says I got a poor connection, so hopefully you're able to hear me. Thank you, Laura. All right. Black History Month has begun, State of Cannabis crew, and we've got our own here making history, or should I say her story. A press release just hit the newswire about Roz McCarthy, who can be found here as a correspondent for the SOC, or out and about championing cannabis as the founder of Minorities for Medical Marijuana. Her new venture, called Black Buddha Cannabis, is an environmentally conscious and social equity-driven brand of products that aims to elevate your mind, body, and soul. Just had to do that. Anyway, Black Buddha Cannabis, or BBC, was created by Roz as a result from her own personal health journey, where she used cannabis and hemp, along with the daily, uh, along with daily therapy and Buddhist practices, like mantras and meditation, to recover from a nearly fatal crash that left her with a severe brain injury. I'm a proud woman, Raised by a mother who encouraged me to think big and dream bigger, says McCarthy. The creation of M4WM and BBC is a testament to hard work, tenacity, and perseverance. Right on, Roz. Creativity, zen, relaxation, wellness, pain relief, and enlightenment are among the experiences to be accessed through BBC's signature one-hitter-quitter, Glass Chillum, a unique product via a partnership with Prepax. The glass chillums, which made their debut at the prestigious Hall of Flowers, are 100% recyclable and have received rave reviews from users for their discreet and easy use. Actor and cannabis advocate Malik Yoba will serve as chief strategy officer directing activation, um, education, marketing, and promotion for the brand. Sustainability and social equity are baked into the DNA of the brand as BBC is focused on doing business without negatively impacting the environment community, or society as a whole. Joining McCarthy at Black Buddha and Soaring High Industries as Chief Diversity Officer is M4WM's Eric Range, who will be responsible for creating, communicating, and implementing their robust environmental, social, and governance plan. 
Some of its features include their People Over Profits program, where a percentage of profits will go back to support community-based organizations, social justice work, and maybe pro-cannabis candidates running for governor of California. Wink, wink. Reporting with the State of Cannabis News Hour, this is Nick Wildstar, a.k.a. The Governor. Speak now or forever hold your peace, which I guess is called the Chillum. We learn something new every day. Congrats, Ross. Yeah, Ross. Yeah. Yay. Yay. I'm hanging out. Yes. I got a like story power. with my family. <laughs> Going big with that BBC. Uh, listen, y'all, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's... Um, it's been a labor of love. I'll make it real quick. I just thank everybody. Um, really, our focus is being environmentally conscious, but also so- social equity driven. And we're focused on, we might be a, a, a black-owned, black woman-owned company, but this is not a black brand. It is a brand for everybody. Um, I, I really want to change the face of how we look at cannabis and not about getting high and just getting all fucked up. Like, look at it from a wellness perspective, because it literally saved my life, y'all. And I, and I wouldn't be here without this plant helping me in my healing. So thank you so much for the love, the support. And you, if you read the article, it tells you exactly what states we're coming to first. And and just look out for us and support us and, and follow us on IG and also on Facebook and, and LinkedIn. So thanks, guys. Hey, Roz, I have a product question yep. for you. I didn't realize that you were uh, doing this with the Chillum. I was working on an idea for my business card with the Chillum. Um, with some of grandma's garden cannabis in it. And uh, I'm just, I wonder if, what problems did you run into? And also how, so you've got a little stopper on the top or how do you, how do you, how do you know how to, how much to pack in there? Listen, listen, I have an awesome partnership with Prepacks USA. Um, If you go on IG and and, and, um, just uh, search for Prepack, P-R-E-P-A-C-K USA, they have a proprietary formulation of of the, the chilling itself is proprietary to them. And also the, the way that you feel it. Literally, it's the easiest filling system um, that you'll ever see in comparison to like pre-rolls. You can do 10,000 chillums in one day with one person. And so the actual filling of it um, is done. Um, they have a whole SOP that we partner with uh, those cultivators in these different states. We teach them on it. We put the SOPs in place. Um, we create a plan on how to do it. We get the equipment to actually fill it. Um, we, we, um, we bring that to the uh, operator as well. Um, so literally, you're having a – our focus is be, making sure that we have um, quality and concise um, and consistent products that come out, you know, on the shelf every single time. So it's, it's really cool. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the partnership with them. It's not me. It was, it's their technology that they were – they just basically were like, Roz, we believe in what you're doing. How can we support you? Here's where we think we should go with this. And we, it was just a marriage made in heaven. And so here we are. It, I love it. it. It's it's like the opposite of a cigarette where you've got this this awful filter thing that ends up on the ground and causing so much pollution. Sure. It, it, you know, you've got this beautiful glass thing that you can just clean and reuse and reuse. Yeah, I, we I don't want it. we don't want people. You can either reuse, reuse or you can recycle and buy new because, you know, again, once you burn it, once anytime you combust something, you know, you light fly, fire to it there's going to be some of the terpenes and some of, you know, the, the residue that's left in the chillum at the end once all the flour is gone. So after a while, you may get tired of, like, going back and, re, you know, recleaning. Um, but we think this is something where we can have a price point for individual. So this might not be your 
every day that you smoke, but it could be that you're going to a concert, you're doing something, you want something ease of use. Um, and the cool thing is outside of just the chillums um, that we're doing, we're, our gummy line is real, it's, I mean, I'm, but we have this, this gummy on the gummy side that's called balance. It's something that is not going to give you all anxiety in the middle of the day, in, at the beginning of the day. It's not going to make you sleepy. It just gives you that, like, I know I'm having a rough day or I'm about to pop the fuck off on someone and I need something to kind of bring me. <laughs> and that's, I mean, I'm literally looking at this from a wellness perspective, but you guys, it's, it's pretty dope. And um, the chillum is awesome. You know, it's 100 um, percent um, um, recyclable. You can throw it in your recycle bin. Oh, that's important. That's vital. Yeah, it's beautiful. <clears throat> I can't wait to sample it. And uh, go to the website and check a look at it. You can see some things. I mean, you'll be able to see it. But I'll let you guys know, if you're in California, you'll be one of the first states to be able to not only sample, but go into your dispensary and ask for Black Buddha cannabis. And, yeah, it's going to be pretty dope. Well, th congratulations, Roz. Thank Great you guys. job. Thank you for being a valued member of our news team. We um, love you, Rod. Love you, too. We Thank do. you, guys. I love you. All right. I'm going to do a story. Nanogram gets to do a story today. Yay. Um, maybe two. This story comes from KRCR, and the headline is, Chico passes on delivery cannabis while struggling to address out-of-town competition. This, we're talking about California, you guys. Yes, it's still a pot mess. It was a three to four vote with Mayor Andrew Coolidge, Vice Mayor Casey Reynolds, and Council Member Alex Brown voting for the city staff to return at a future meeting with information about an enforcement structure that would prevent outside deliveries from coming into the city once the three storefront dispensaries are opened. I, I I was was reading this story and I just kept bursting out with laughter. It's like, wait, are you kidding me? How can you're not get, it, uh, city council members? Oh my god! So delivery own only cannabis businesses did not make it past the Chico City Council Wednesday night, and another foreseen hurdle has yet to be jumped. This is a quote from Council Member Sean Morgan. Uh, try and follow this train of thought. So, quote, if we vote yes on this item, we are saying we need more routes to cannabis in Chico, that there aren't enough places to get it with the three retail sites that have all the delivery they want. Not having the stores open, absolutely no idea. We're saying, yep, let's bring more drugs in for God knows what reason. I don't know what point he was actually trying to make, but sounds like he, uh, I don't know, maybe he should microdose or something. Uh, currently, those in Chico are forced to outsource their cannabis needs through delivery services in Reading, Sacramento, and beyond. These deliveries will be prohibited in the city. <laughs> Good luck with that. Once the dispensaries are opened, likely late this year or early next year, the hurdle that no one in the meeting was able to answer, however, was how police will keep out-of-town delivery services out when the new dispensaries move in. And I've got a little sound bite from the, the city council meeting. The enforcement piece—it's a—it's a—it's a conundrum, um, and for a lot of communities, it's a conundrum. But one thing that has been shared and that I, I see logic in is that if you have businesses operating locally, they have a vested interest in keeping the businesses who are operating illegally accountable. 
<laughs> way to point out the obvious. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think? I'm so confused. I mean, do they want access or? <laughs> so mean, is she saying that um, the local businesses will basically do the enforcement and the investigation and kind of reporting to the police? Right, right, right. Because that's what we do in this industry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this just supports the insanity of these the carve out where seventy percent of our state, you know, is, cannabis is not allowed. It's just insane. So we have these communities right next to each other where it's just again. For, I feel for the operators and the patients and everybody else. We just deal with this insanity that never should have happened to begin with. That has to be removed. I thought there was a ruling that you could uh, that they couldn't prohibit you from driving on like certain roads. That's yeah, that's kind of the point. It's like these guys are so fucking clueless, you know. I mean, we we need new people in all offices. This is the hard part about having um, local control, kind of from the local officials' perspective. They don't really have staffs for a lot of these city councils to do research for them, and so they are trying to legislate on such a rich issue, a rich and complex issue with very little expertise or access to expertise. And then, you know, they pass these really crazy, nonsensical laws that don't make sense with what's happening at the state because they frankly don't necessarily even know. What and that's why we are. get that's why we get companies like HDL coming in and taxing the shit out of the industry. I was going to say, are they working with HDL? And then why aren't they working with Medica? Yes. Let me add them. I'll help them out. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the Wait, last hold on. story. Just real quick. We're going to let Todd have the last word. He's up from the audience. All right. Thank you. And, and yeah, so delivery services in California. Yeah, we're going to deliver everywhere, right in Chico. And if the cops want to come and the, the other dispensaries want to call, whoever wants to snitch. But the thing is, they can't stop. It's legal in California to deliver in any area of California state law. We just go back when we fight the when we fight the cops, we just fight them in court. But I don't know why you guys should know in California, delivery is legal everywhere. The, the, the cities cannot prevent it. They try all the time, but it's just a joke. And the thing, I mean, you guys should know that. So in California, yes, licensed delivery services can go anywhere, every little nook and corner. Okay, every area. Todd, Todd, we need to start a campaign where we find out when city councils are talking about the issue and we we have a delivery show up right then and there. Here you go. Yes, it's legal. All right, so we um, running out of time here, but up next, he's the CEO of Deliciously Vegan and Kosher Edible Brand Fruit Slabs, and his beard game is way strong. Also a cannabis intellectual property attorney repping Long Beach to the fullest, Brandon Dorsky. Bring us home, brother. All right, big headline. Marijuana is still illegal to sell in Virginia, but that's not stopping retailers, including a senator. As reported by the Virginia Mercury, when senators are reportedly trapping, you know the news is spicy. Senator Luis Lucas retail store, the cannabis outlet, is pushing THC products and other controlled substances, and some even under the guise of famous trademarks and recognizable brand names like Lucky Charms. On top of being illegal, the products are also misleading consumers with inaccurate information about the cannabinoids contained within them and the dosage of those cannabinoids. While the products themselves do disclose that they contain cannabis, a Schedule One controlled substance, many products purported to have more active cannabinoids than their test results showed. Lab 
testing of an infused Lucky Charms cereal bar showed just under 30 milligrams of total THC, despite a label that suggested it contained 600 milligrams. This rather large error was not limited to the Charms bars. Mislabeled product and inclusion of a controlled substance are commonly seen in Virginia's illicit and gray markets that have blossomed since Virginia's lawmakers legalized possession, but not the sale of THC products. The exploding demand has created opportunities for risk-tolerant entrepreneurs, including Virginia Senate's Luis Lucas, the state's most powerful elected Democrat. While marijuana sold by Virginia's four licensed medical marijuana dispensaries are subject to stringent testing requirements, there are no such standards in place for the regular retailers, like Lucas's The Cannabis Outlet. Lucas was quoted as saying, I sell hemp products and CBD, but the products for sale in the senator's shop include much more controversial and legally dubious products, including Delta 8 and Delta 9 products. Michelle Peace, a forensic science professor at VCU, analyzed some samples from the senator's store, as well as 66 products purchased in other stores around the state on behalf of the mercury. Peace's lab tests showed alarming inaccuracies, including 25 that contained 25 products containing illegal amounts of Delta 9, 22 claiming to contain THC but containing almost no cannabinoids, 19 having less than the total THC advertised, four having more than the total THC advertised, and one product being labeled Delta 9 product manufactured in a state where sales are legal, but it had a Delta 8 sticker placed on top of that on its packaging. Peace said many of the edibles she analyzed were commercial goods sprayed with a simple cannabis extract and sometimes still contained detectable levels of industrial solvents used in the manufacturing process. This included a package of modified Chips Ahoy, as well as a pack of smokable hemp cigarettes that just turned out to be shredded paper coated with a cannabis extract. Are you serious? The inconsistent and inaccurate labeling among products makes it difficult for consumers to safely and accurately dose. And even if the products were accurately labeled and contained only Delta 8, state officials still consider those products illegal, which begs the question, why is the senator's shop selling them? The Virginia Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services considers Delta 8 an adulterant as a food ingredient. However, the use is so widespread that the department has decided to do nothing about enforcement. Lawmakers are debating the issues, including how to effectuate legal retail sales in the state, as well as how to address the sale of Delta 8 and other synthetic THC products. Lucas is in a position to be the deciding vote when these issues are presented to the Senate, and under Virginia's conflict of interest laws, she does not have to recuse herself. I think we all know which way Lucas will vote, given that she has used her status as a lawmaker to promote her business in interviews and on social media. Her shop stocks an inventory of cannabis products, from vape pens to infused foods, and even offers free samples of infused Doritos and Cheetos to patrons. So go check out the cannabis outlet and get high on the Senator's Supply. This is Brandon Dorsky <laughs> reporting for the State of Cannabis News. Way to bring it home, Brandon. You guys definitely check out that article. It is crazy. That was a great show. If you missed any of it, make sure that... Let me turn off this siren. Ah, okay. Make sure that you uh, catch it on the replay or find us anywhere you get your podcasts or on our YouTube channel. A big thank you to all of the correspondents that come through the headlines each day to bring us just what we need to know. A big thank you to Lara and Rico for co-producing the show. Thank you to our pinup girl, Liz Rogan. And thank you, audience, for being our eyes and ears when there's news in your city, county, state, or country. Your addition to our show makes the State of Cannabis News Hour news you can trust. You've been tuned in to the State of Cannabis News Hour, where we collectively move policy forward in an inclusive and sustainable way. 
Start your morning on a high note and join us every weekday at 9 a.m. Pacific time for the State of Cannabis News Hour, your daily dose. Uh-oh, stinky. Say goodbye, Rico. Goodbye, Rico.